Hey everyone, welcome back to Latter Day Takes. I hope you all had a great weekend. Um, a little bit slow getting this out on a Tuesday, which I've done before. I know I don't necessarily like do every Monday and Thursday. I try to. Sometimes getting them recorded over the weekend is a little tough, especially when you're sick like I am. So, you know, whatever. I'm sorry, but it's Tuesday. It hasn't been that long. I'm going to have an episode for Thursday, and I'm excited about this one. It's going to be a total deviation from what it's been from, you know, you'll see today. It's not very long today, but um, it's a little bit of a follow-up. And, you know, just a little bit more on the Holland stuff and how heavy that that stuff is, falling out, things like that, whatever. Um, But it'll be good this Thursday because what we're going to do is talk about, like, this funny story of a friend of mine that got arrested at a uh, BYU football game, after a BYU football game. And I thought it was relevant because we're coming into a BYU football game this Saturday. So excuse uh, a lot of the BYU sports topics and the football topics that are going to be obviously happening throughout the podcast, basically from next episode forward. Now, granted, I'm still going to have other random discussions, and I still plan on talking a lot about society and culture. Anyway, I wanted to talk about last week's episode before we got going on this one really quickly because uh, it was interesting, and it blew up on Facebook. I mean, I wouldn't say blow blew up. There was a lot. There was a lot of feedback. There were a lot of comments. There was a lot of people arguing in my comment section, which I tend to not really get involved unless somebody direct, uh, you know, directs a comment towards me um, specifically. You know, I don't want to ignore people coming uh, to me and talking about it, but... Um, and it can get ugly, but here's the thing. We're all adults. It's Facebook. Just, I'm not going to intervene. I'm just not. I'm just going to let you guys do your thing. Um, it's just unfortunate that we can't be a little bit more civil sometimes. Not saying that there was a complete lack of civility on that thread, but um, I didn't even read through all of it, admittedly, because I just didn't want to take the time uh, for to watch how people fight. But whenever people address me directly, I always respond, and that came in the form of some on that Facebook thread, and things that I hashed out generally outside of Facebook, actually, because I don't like having to, to really go back and forth in a public forum for everybody to see. Because I think some people, not I'm not talking specifically about the people that I had back and forth with in an open forum, but I've seen it before where some people are posturing because they know others can see it. So they're not exactly acting true to who they really are. And that's why I really like doing it independently from that. Anyway, that's just my thing. But... Um, I, it was really, for the, mo- for the most part, the feedback was really, really positive. And there were a lot of people that came out and that I didn't know that had expressed that their appreciation that I, I shared what I shared. I went back and listened to it myself, as I do with most of the episodes, because I just am trying to kind of like take notes, get better, things like that. Um, and just because I love so much hearing my own voice. Just kidding. Uh, seriously, I go back to, and I actually just kind of, have to power through because I'm like, ah, don't necessarily like listening to all this. But I went back and I there were some things that I was like, you know, I left out some parts here that I wish I would have talked about. I, I didn't really articulate that as well as I thought I had. I guess we're our, all our own biggest critic. But at the same time, I felt like there were some left things left on the table that I wasn't able to really articulate and execute that well. I'm sorry about that, but it happens. It was kind of a high pressure situation because I really wanted to get something out there. And I tried to formulate my thoughts in a way that made sense. I think it did for the most part. And I hope it certainly resonated. And it did to a lot of you who reached out. And that's exactly what I'm really appreciative of. 
And it's really touching to see people reach out, take the time to not only listen, but also actually write something nice. And in some cases, some people don't write something so nice. And that was also the situation. And it even got diffused. And there was an Instagram back and forth that I had with an old friend at BYU who certainly does not consider himself a member of the church, but he takes it upon himself to speak out against it at times. And anyway, he and I ended up having a great back and forth. I was able to kind of understand exactly why he gets so passionate about some of this because if he's not a member of the church anymore doesn't consider himself that how does it affect him and it i'm not saying it doesn't i was really wondering and when we were able to kind of get to the bottom of that so i it was good i i I really i really like what i'm doing here it's not always easy it's not always fun but to me it's worth it and that's why when i see the feedback that you give me that's so positive i really appreciate it um someone did tip me off (laughs) and said that they noticed that my rating on uh, iTunes went down, so <laughs> there's that. Can't please everyone, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't have a ton of rating. I have around 20, I think. And so, hey, if you want to take a second, because you know the majority of you that listen to this, I assume like it, take a second, give a rating. Let's try and bump that score back up. I think it was at like a 4.9. It's at like I think last time I checked, which was literally moments ago, I think it said 4.4. So hey, that's not as good as a 4.9. Maybe take a second. And another thing, lastly, that I wanted to ask was, honestly, the only thing that I really ask from all of you is if you like it, to share it. If you think others can benefit from it, please share it, because that's why I do it, right? I don't want to sit here and pretend that like, oh, you know, it's just a pastime, like I don't really care about it. No, I, I do put work into this. I do put effort into this. I'm not specifically trying to monetize this and become something big, but... I am trying to let these messages resonate and to help others that have a hard time articulating some thoughts, specifically when it comes to the church, Utah culture, Utah societal, whatever dynamics, um, among other things, by all means, um, please, please share it with them. And obviously let me know, you know, if you think I'm maybe taking too much time in something or this or that or the other, if it's a little bit too much BYU sports-ish, I can deviate. I can make time for all types of people that listen to this so if you would that would mean a lot to me um just because it means that i'm doing the right thing it signifies to me that the time and effort that i'm putting into this is worth it so thank you again and thank you again to everybody that reached out and all the encouragement that i've been receiving it's been overwhelming it's been very positive and reinforcement and i hope you enjoy just kind of the small about 15 minute thoughts i give on the postmortem for Elder Holland. And if you have anything more to say with that, by all means, you know I'm always open. I always respond to direct messages. So hit me up on my Instagram handle, at Latterday Takes, where I also will post funny memes every now and then. Not a whole lot. I'm not as regular as a lot of those guys, but I'll post something that I might think is funny. Um, or my own personal Instagram, which is just at Harpy, H-A-R-P-E-Y, as well as Facebook, I think most of you that are listening to this are friends with me, Harper D. Anderson, um, and my Twitter account, which is Harper D. Anderson as well. So there you go. If you want to reach out, reach out. I always respond to direct messages. I don't always respond in a public forum unless it's directed to me specifically. Um, and I, you know why, as I explain that. Hope you all are having a good one. Have a great week. It's exciting for those college football fans. We're coming right into it. 
The Utes are playing on Thursday, and I hope they lay an egg and lose to Weber State somehow miraculously. Or not. I don't know. Because if they lose to Weber State, there's no doubt they're going to kill BYU. So anyway, maybe they should be Weber State, and then BYU can beat them the next week. There we go. Anyway, I'll be at the BYU-Arizona game this Saturday. Maybe I'll see some of y'all there. Have a good one. We'll have an episode for you on Thursday as well. Take it easy. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons were the crack dancers. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. So, how'd you like the new bumper? Change things up a little bit. Wanted to uh, expand beyond just Mr. Joe Rogan. As much as I love him and his podcasts, um, I thought it'd be nice to branch out a little bit, throw a little Michael Scott in there, throw, uh, I think that's the Book of Mormon musical, the God Loves Mormons and He Wants Some More. I thought that line was hilarious when I first heard it. Um among a few others, of course. Keaton Slovis making an appearance for USC quarterback. But anyway, um, hope you liked that. Uh, today's episode is going to be kind of heavy again, just like last week's. Um, I felt like there were some things that needed to be addressed because when I last posted this, um, there was quite a lot of feedback. And... Um, for the most part, the feedback was extremely positive. It was overwhelmingly positive. There was uh, still a handful of negative feedback that I got for talking about Elder Holland's um, com- speech that he gave down at BYU, but that comes with the territory. You know, I realized a while ago that, you know, if I'm going to put myself out there, I'm going to get a lot of feedback for better or for worse. And as long as it's still more positive, I think I'm doing all right. And I do have to take the bad with the good. It's just part of the game. But I do appreciate everybody who's reached out. And um, and then there's even those that are just kind of down the road, down the middle of the line, that will reach out and kind of pick my brain a little bit more. And I, in some ways, especially appreciate those more because it's like they're asking for clarification or they're wanting to kind of further explore some things. It's They're kind of letting the, their own brain maybe realize how they actually think and feel about some things. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about today, going off of President Holland's uh, speech and kind of the feedback and the falling out, or not falling out, I guess. I didn't have a falling out with anyone, but um, not a, at least not over that. I'll get to there's There was a little falling out I had with somebody, but I'll come a little bit later. Um so I'm calling this episode the the Holland Postmortem because there's been a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss with a lot of people, you know, over social media, text message, and, co- and personal conversation, things like that. But I think the biggest takeaway from the situation with Elder Holland is that we are truly living in unprecedented times. It's fascinating. It's sad. It's incredible, and it's depressing. You know, insert whatever dramatic adjective you'd like to there, and it basically fits. Um, 
it's all those things, you know, it's depressing to witness firsthand members of the church, you know, uh, us enter this uncharted territory. I think for the most part, most of you know what I'm talking about, but to be more specific, for the first time in my life, I've seen active members of the church, members who say they have a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not saying they don't for the record, are now openly apologizing for criticizing, and in some cases even disavowing current apostles of Jesus Christ. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's seen that out there on social media. I think plenty of us have. And as Kramer once said about seeing the, a cinnamon raisin bagel, I never thought I'd see the day. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I just had a, had a Seinfeld reference in there. But I was talking with some family members the other day, and it came to mind that when I was younger... I remember hearing the prophecies of many church members falling away from the church kind of towards the last days. I think we're all familiar with those. It even There's that quote that we're seeing a lot more now that says, if it were possible, even the very elect would be um, deceived. And that's if it were possible, right? So how do we become the very elect, right? We don't want that to be possible. But that's, that's I guess, for everybody to answer on their own. It honestly seemed unfathomable, unfathomable to me at the time that, you know, a large portion of members of the church would leave. I didn't even know how to conceive an event like that in my mind. Obviously, it wouldn't be one single event, right? I figure at least, but a lot. And we've already seen quite a few where, you know, every every time there's some big announcement or whatever, you kind of start to see people say, I'm done. But it seems to be more frequent and more intense. And the reason why it's happening is because Members of the church are choosing to leave under the guise of charity and love, right? I put that in air quotes. And that's what makes a lot more sense to me. That, to me, would would be all of a sudden more fathomable as a child because it's like they're, they're thinking they're doing God's work here by leaving the church. And that makes a lot more sense, right? This is Satan, Satan being amazingly cunning, unfortunately, but he is cunning. We've known that. But what's interesting to me is that those who tend to be on the side of leaving the church or apologizing for an apostle, etc., seemingly fail to recognize that Christ always drew lines, right? Because I think what we're seeing here is this battle of inclusion and inclu- inclusivity and whatever. But Christ always drew lines, and I'll get to that in a second. I was talking with a friend the other day who was actually preparing a lesson to teach on inclusion, which, by the way, seems like a totally loaded term these days. What does inclusion mean, right? Because Christ himself had a very clear caveat to being a part of his fold, which is perfection. What does it say in Matthew 5, 48? It says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. What does that mean? Be perfect like our Father in heaven, right? That's going to also be personal to a lot of people. I'd assume it means we have to sacrifice some proclivities in our lives, which some of it may even seem natural, right? The natural man is, in fact, an enemy to God. We cannot make excuses for our natural tendencies to disobey. But doesn't that sound fairly exclusive to you? I wouldn't think that a requirement for, or at least striving towards, perfection sounds inclusive. Would you? I wouldn't. In other words, we can't assume that we can enter Christ's kingdom without making sacrifices. As President Nelson put it in a 2013 Ensign article, while divine love can be called perfect, perfect, infinite, enduring, and universal, it cannot correctly be characterized as unconditional. 
The word does not appear in the scriptures. On the other hand, many verses affirm that the higher levels of love the Father and the Son feel for each other, for each of us, excuse, excuse me, each of us, and certain divine blessings stemming from that love are conditional. He actually goes on to further his case in the scriptures by in some cases quoting specific scriptures, but these things are this is what we hear all the time. He says, If ye keep my commandments, then ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Another example, if ye keep not my commandments, the love of the Father shall not continue with you. The direct antithesis to that first scripture. Now, what's interesting to me here is that obviously President Nelson is making a great case that love is conditional. But even beyond that, there is a sense of availability that seems unconditional, at least in my mind. God's love does seem to be always available. And that's what I think Christ is saying in those scriptures. He's saying, my love is always available to you. It's up to you to feel it. How do you feel it? Keep my commandments, make sacrifices, live my gospel, listen to my prophets, etc. Right? We're familiar with what it takes to feel that love, but that requires sacrifices. This is the case I've been making for a while on this podcast in things that I've written too. We can't define love by how those on the other side of the line define it. Because to them, there is no line. I'm still not sure what drives the other side to try and be on the forefront of progressive ideologies, specifically in the church, but it does seem rampant. And once again, I challenge those on the progressive side to identify two things for me. One, what constitutes sin? Because I'm yet to have any of them talk about that. Not that we have to always be highlighting sin, but there, we do need to make clear what we find sinful behavior as members of a specific fold, right? As members of Christ's church. And I don't want to hear those key words. I've said this before in a podcast. I don't want to hear those key words that we're hearing today, like of the world, racism, sexism, homophobia, because honestly, we can all agree on those pernicious acts. You know, as long as they're legitimate, which again... On that note, it does seem like the supply of those terrible atrocities don't seem to be meeting the demand. It just doesn't. However, I digress. So that's the first one. What constitutes sin in their eyes? And then the second one, what is it that you would defend about the church currently? Now, I'm not saying they don't have a defense for the church. I would imagine some of them do. Maybe all of them, but I don't know. Maybe not. But it would be very interesting to hear what they had to say. I think it'd be pretty telling about their mindset of the church and what the church's role is in their lives or in the world. What is the role of the church in the world? Unprecedented times, indeed. It's fascinating. We are going to see more and more people drop us as friends. I just had a friend chastise me for not wanting to take the vaccine, as I had kind of referenced earlier. Seems like that friendship is over. I'm not the one cutting ties, however. I'd say... That does seem to be a mark, not to pat myself on the back, but of a secure person in their own beliefs. I'm not, I'm not abandoning him as a friend. Uh, he's abandoning me. He thinks I'm a terrible person. I think otherwise. I cited a study that recently came out that talks about how those who have been infected with COVID-19 actually have greater antibodies than the vaccine and are more resilient towards it and do not spread it. So... I don't know. That's my stance. I don't feel like I need the vaccine, but apparently that's not good enough for him. Anyway, the ability to coexist with others is very telling about the security of your own beliefs. I think that's true. I mean, I don't think a lot of us would disagree with that. And just because lines are starting to be drawn doesn't mean we have to push somebody to the other side of the line, but it does mean we have to stay firmly grounded on our side. 
And again, this is kind of how I want to close out. Don't let the love of the fight trump the love for your enemy. And it's easy to get distracted by the fight itself. I've talked about this before as well. I've had this happen personally to me many times, and it's obviously problematic. We have to be introspective and incredibly intellectually honest when it comes to how we try and emulate our Savior's love. If anyone ever wants to apologize and come back to the fold, we let them. There's no question. We let them. Because fortunately, we don't have to determine their fate. And at the same time, we can hope that their fate is equal to ours, and that we'll be together rubbing shoulders in the celestial kingdom. Our only job is to love them and provide help and service wherever we can. But again, love has to be strictly defined, and it has to be our best emulation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I don't want to come across as preachy, but it's very, very fascinating to see, you know, very active members of the church who go out and say, I apologize for Elder Holland's words. I guess in their minds they've identified their Judas. I don't know. I don't know what how they're defining Elder Holland. That might be a bit extreme for some of them. I don't think it's extreme for some of the stuff I've seen out there that have basically disavowed Elder Holland as an apostle. There may be others that are apologizing for him, but don't view him as a Judas. They just may view him as out of touch or whatever. I do not think that's the case. I, I, I don't. I don't think we're dealing with a Joe Biden, so to speak, version of an apostle here. I think we're, we're dealing with true men of God. And I really think they're being led by God to help us through these crazy, tumultuous times. And with that, I wish you all the best. And again, I appreciate all the feedback. It's been very, very nice for the most part, in large portion. And there's a lot of you that I didn't know that reached out, and that was extremely nice, and it and it keeps giving me the courage and encouragement to keep going and to keep striving to help those out there that are looking for more support, are looking for others to lift them up and to have a, a reason to keep fighting, essentially. Maybe not fight is a good way of putting it because that can you know, have with, have with it some some connotations that aren't as friendly but what i really mean is stand up for your beliefs because we do always have to stand up for our beliefs and you know what we're gonna have to stand up even more aggressively these days because people are coming and they're coming in very interesting and creative ways by calling us the bigots by calling us the terrible people the uncharitable ones the unloving ones and that's because they have just a completely out of touch out of whack version of what love really is as Elder Holland stated in his talk, Jesus didn't say, because I love you, you don't have to keep my commandments. It's all part of the plan. God's love is unconditional, but the ability to feel it is unconditional. We just have to take advantage of that ability. There's an hourglass sitting on my table I'm watching Cause everything's changing my mind Going to a different time Oh, love, I remember falling so mad.